0: Today, I really I really believe in my heart that the Lord has some special things for us today. There's a passage of scripture, a uh, pastor taught for a zillion hours yesterday, and so we decided to give him a break, and so that's why um, I'm here. But there's this passage of scripture that's been on my heart for probably close to a year, and I keep going to it and feeding on it and feeding on it, reading it again and again and again, and continually gleaning things from it. And so we're going to look mostly at at that passage today, and we'll bring some different things in here, but I'm telling you, I believe that the Lord, if you're sitting here today, that the Lord has something that he wants to do in your life, some things that he wants to bring to light Some things that he wants to help you to move forward, to propel forward. And so I want you to just, you know, if you were just like, hey, this is my relax time. You know, there's a garden to do later. There's chores to do later. Right now I'm going to sit back. I'm going to stretch out get comfortable in my chair. And I'm going to let Melody talk for however long she talks. And I'm going to be all relaxed. I want you to just get out of that mode and and. On the inside, realize that God is here today and he knew that you would be here today and he wants you to leave with a bucket load of stuff today. He doesn't want you to leave just the way that you came, but he wants to do things in your life. So let's pray and then we'll, we'll jump in. Lord, we are grateful to you that you see in our hearts, every one of us here, Lord, there are things that we are so grateful that nobody sees except for you. And those things we are so grateful, Lord, that you see, that you have known us in our innermost being. Lord, those thoughts that go flying through our minds that shame us, the memories of things that come and plague us. And Lord, you have seen it all, you have known it all, and you love us. Lord, we are so grateful. And we open up our hearts to receive from you today. In Jesus' name. You know, I went to one of my uh, grandson's soccer games yesterday. It was in Castle Rock, and there was an accident. You know, I heard all the parents, um, all the parents talking. Every single one of them. This was their conversation. Oh, my GPS took me here. (laughs) Oh, my GPS took me here. Oh, mine took me here. Mine didn't tell me anything. It just let me get stuck in traffic. Every parent there had been looking at their GPS. So it was a very it's, you know, I, I think Castle Rock has kind of just happened. You know, its growth. I don't I don't think anyone intended for it to be. So you had to wander and wander to find this little soccer field back in the neighborhoods. But um Every one of those parents, grandparents, whatever, and myself included. (laughs) My grandson was quite concerned. He's with with Grammy. and (laughs) Why do I see a playground and not a soccer field? But we did find the soccer field. But, you know, every single one of us, we are looking at our phones or cars, and this thing is telling us, play by play, turn here. Get in this lane. Do this. And every one of us, even though some of it didn't turn out that well, are obediently following the directions. This is, this is, do, do you know anything about Mr. GPS or who, who makes it or who does it or how it happens or any of that? Do you have any understanding? Have you met them? Do you know them? Do you know their character? Do you know anything about them? Oh, no, but we just punch in, this is where I want to go. And we trust it. Now, I'm, I have been, and I am not through, and I will never be through, but truly on a journey of allowing the Holy Spirit, who is on the inside of me as a believer, to be more a part of my everyday life and for me to be listening to him. Because he has proven himself to me. (laughs) He is the spirit of the living God. He lives on the inside of me. And yet so often, we are not really aware of him. We don't listen to him. We don't ask for his direction. And yet we are frustrated when we find ourselves in certain places. How many of you have just been in a situation you're like, Lord, I mean, what was was going on? What were you thinking? Why am I here? Where were you? Well, we never need to look at the Lord. (laughs) He is on his game every day. But for us, we need to learn to allow him to be a part of our lives. Now, um, I don't know. We've got some... We've got some verses we're going to go to kind of here and there, and I've been giving them all of them to Chelsea. So if she doesn't have one, just that's why, because they weren't given to her. But we're going to look in, first of all, John sixteen thirteen, just for a minute. Oh, and I did promise you, Chelsea, I would do this scripture that I'm supposed to do, and I never do. This is our scripture of the year, and it's really, really good. I've told you these things. This is John 16, down from where we're going to be. So that in me, you may have perfect peace. How many of y'all like peace? I mean, it's a very likable thing. When, when you feel peace, it's like, man, everything is right with the world. Uh, that you may have perfect peace and confidence in the world... Don't be shocked, okay? The Lord already told you this like 2,000 years ago. In the world, you will have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. And how many of you are always shocked and disappointed when you experience any of those things? It's like, what was this? Well, Jesus said, you're in the world and you're going to experience these things. So just quit getting your feathers all ruffled and getting all upset about things but be of good cheer. Only the Lord could say that after saying something like he just said. You're going to have distress and trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer. But you know, if God says be of good cheer, then being of good cheer is the very best thing that you could do in this situation (laughs) because he's God and he's got it all figured out. Take courage. Be confident, certain, and undaunted. Why? Because I have overcome the world. I have deprived it of power to harm you and have conquered it for you. Why do we get upset when we encounter all of those things? Is because we're not truly convinced that the Lord has deprived it of power to harm us. We think harm is coming. (laughs) Something's coming. It's coming my way. This is going to be bad for me. We need to be convinced that he has overcome all of those things. I have my notes in three different places, so have mercy on me. So now we're going to look at verse 13 of that same chapter. And this is Jesus speaking. Some of the last things that he spoke to his disciples, all really important things. In verse 13, it says, he's speaking about the Holy Spirit. He said, however, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he'll speak, and he'll tell you things to come. Do you hear that? He'll tell you things to come. That means he knows what's in your tomorrow. He knows what's in your today that hasn't happened yet. He knows what's going on that you think is one thing, and it's not that. It's another thing entirely. He knows, and the Holy Spirit on the inside of you has moved in with all of his God equipment for the sole purpose of leading and guiding you through life. You know, again, we look at our GPS, turn left, turn right, go up, go down, do whatever it tells you to do. And on the inside of us, we need to be listening because that is what the Holy Spirit, if you have received the Lord Jesus Christ, that's what He is doing on the inside of you as he resides on the inside of you. He's preparing you. He's leading you. He's guiding you. Now, we're going to switch over, and we're going to look in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. I usually mark it, but I didn't mark it, but it's in here, and I'll find it. So Ezekiel, chapter 37, and this would be one of the passages that could qualify for the Hall of Fame of Strange Stories of the Bible. How many of you, as you read your Bible, you're thinking, are you serious? How did that make the Bible cut, Lord? I mean, these are some of the craziest things. But we find them, and they're there for a purpose. So here we have um, the prophet Ezekiel in the Old Testament. He was alive and ministering during a period of time when Israel uh, was taken captive and moved to Babylon and he was a prophet during that period and so here is we're going to start in verse 1 Ezekiel 37 verse 1 it says the hand of the Lord this is Ezekiel speaking came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and he set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones now of all the places that God could take you Two, a valley full of bones would not have been at the top of your list of things you would have thought about that would be good for you to go and look at and see. And yet, this is where the Spirit of the Lord in a vision, whatever, however it was that it happened, that he took him and he set him down there. And it says, then he caused me to pass by them all around. So he's taking a tour of this valley that is full of dead bones. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. Now, bones are bones, right? I mean, bones, is there any life in bones? Dead bones are dead bones, correct? Dead bones are dead bones. But apparently the Lord wanted him to notice that not only were these bones dead, But these bones were dead and dry, (laughs) as in they weren't yesterday's dead bones that might have some sort of lifey-looking element to them. But these were like dead, dead, dry bones. And so, verse 3, it says, He said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? This is God talking to a man can they live? And Ezekiel was super smart. He just said, well, oh Lord, you know. (laughs) Like, you are God. So I won't say anything else. Yeah. You're the one who knows. And this is what God uh, said to him. Verse 4, it says again, he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them. Remember, I did warn you. This was in the Hall of Fame of Weird Stories of the Bible, okay? Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. So here's a man, and God says, this is what you're going to do. You're going to look out at all the bones, and you're going to say, Bones, you hear what God is saying to you. You know, in Romans chapter 4, it says this. About God, this is like a defining. You know, you you look up a word um, to see what it means, and you, these days we just punch in our our in our phone. It's so cheating. I think every child should have to flip through the million pages of the dictionary and find it, but they don't. They just punch it in, and it gives you a definition. This is what it means. Well, this is how it defines God in Romans chapter four. It says He is the one who gives life to the dead and he calls things that are not as though they were all eyes on me every single eye on me (laughs) this life is full of distractions and so we got to avoid those distractions so he is the God who gives life to the dead and he calls things that are not As though they were... God doesn't have a problem with that. So, he's telling Ezekiel, you talk to the bones. And he says, thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you, and bring flesh upon you, and cover you with skin... And again, he says it, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And then you shall know that I am the Lord. So what do you think Ezekiel did? He said, you're the one who knows God. So he just did what God said. Remember, the Holy Spirit is here to lead us. We will never, ever see dead things come to life, things that we thought were forever lost, come into playing, we will never see dreams that we had and we just thought, that was the awesomest dream of what I thought was going to happen in my life. But this is my life now. And it's, I've lost hope. You will never see those things come into your life if you can't listen to God on the inside And do the simple thing that we do with our GPS every day. Listen for his voice and just do what he says. Is it hard? I mean, really, what he asked Ezekiel to do, is it a hard thing? I'm sure Ezekiel felt very dumb, even though he's in a vision or whatever it was. But I'm sure he felt very dumb. Here's all the bones, the dry. And he says, okay, (laughs) this is what God says, but this is what he did. Verse 7, so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And suddenly a rattling, and the bones came together, bone to bone. How many bones are in the human body? Lots. Lots and lots of bones. And we're talking a valley full of dry bones. And you know, God being God, are we all in agreement that probably the bones didn't come together with like the ankle being up here and the hand being down there and and everything all messed up? No, all these bones are coming together. There's a rattling, there's a noise, and everybody is coming back, the bones, the way that they were originally. And so it says, indeed, as I looked, the sinews, all the little ligament type things that make all the bones hold together, they appeared on these bones. And then the flesh came upon them, and then skin covered over them, but have we seen a miracle thus far? Whether it's in a vision or whatever, have we seen a miracle? Do we all say that this is Miraculous. And yet, the very point has not happened of what God said. There is still a dead body lying there. Dead bodies lying everywhere. There still is no life in any of these bodies. So we all say, we all agree, a miracle has happened This is pretty phenomenal. We've had rattling. We've had movement. We've had bones snapping together. We've had ligaments and tendons and everything and flesh coming on and skin. And it's still a graveyard. And, you know, there are things in our lives that we see movement. We see forward movement. God speaks to us, and we're like, I am getting on board with this. I am going to jump up. I am going to speak what God has said. I'm going to claim the things of God. And we got moving. But we got discouraged when we didn't see the end result. And we sat down. And we just accepted that place where we were. And we said, well, you know, it is better than, than, than bones, right? I mean, at least we got, I mean, they look like People. You know, there's a couple other stories in the Bible. One, Jesus, a blind man, came to him. And so, obviously, what would a blind man want from Jesus? He would want to see. And so Jesus prayed for him, and he said to him, what do you see? And the man said, the man has been blind. He can't see anything. And the man says to Jesus, it's better. I see men walking as trees. Now, is that better than being blind? But but is that, is that like the end goal of what he was wanting? It's like, I want to see men that like, trees, this is so awesome. I never saw a tree before. Never saw a man that looked like a tree. This is so cool, Jesus. Jesus is like, oh, no, we are not done yet. And how do we know? The Bible says tells us, Jesus said this about himself. He said that I only do what I see the Father doing. That means he was being led from heaven. And he said, I only speak what I hear the Father speak. So he was listening, and he was being led from heaven through the Holy Spirit who was on the inside of him. And that's what he would do. So Jesus didn't say, well, trees is good. I like trees. Do you like trees? Do you all like seeing trees? Trees is good. Mission accomplished. No, Jesus... Went back to it until the man saw the way that he was supposed to. He didn't leave this thing half-baked. He didn't say this is good enough. Uh, With Ezekiel, it was not the plan of the Lord for him to just have dead bodies rather than a valley full of dry bones. It wasn't good enough, and it's not good enough for you either. You know, God doesn't love anybody better than he loves you. Nobody. The most perfect person that you know, the most talented person that you know. <laughs> How many of you have people that you're just like, man, like you got the whole package. <laughs> I think I was hiding behind the door when the Lord was handing some packages out. and I, I don't have as many packages as you've got. You've got, like, everything. You're good at this. You're good at that. You're good at drawing. You're, you're, you just have the full package. I'm telling you, I don't care what anybody's package is. God doesn't love anybody more than he loves you. And he doesn't have less for you than he has for anybody. Now, all of us have different plans that God has for us for our life. And my life, is not going to look like your life. Your life is not going to look like your neighbor's life, but all of us should just be focused on living the life that God has for us, fulfilling the call that God has for us, Uh, developing the gifts and the skills and the abilities that God has placed inside of us, no matter what they are. So God doesn't love anybody better than you, and so you don't need to be sitting here and saying, you know what, for a guy like me, seeing people like trees is pretty good. Thank you, Jesus, that I see men like trees. Trees is better than blind. This is a a good deal for me. No. God wants you to fulfill his entire plan for your life. Now, we're going to keep moving here. So this isn't the end of the story. Verse 9, God said again to him, he said, Prophesy to the breath or to the spirit. And this is what you're going to say. Thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live, because they were not alive. They may have looked alive, but they were not alive. And so I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood on their feet, an exceeding great army. Why did Ezekiel know what to do now? The first time the Lord spoke to him, he said, prophesy to the bones. So what did he do? He prophesied to the bones. How would he know what to do le- next unless the Lord told him? Would you know what to do next? If you had a valley full of dead bodies, you're trying to get them to life do, by yourself, do you know what to say? Do you know what to do? I don't know what to do. But the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us, leading us and guiding us. You know, sometimes we take a few steps in these things and we think, oh, this is great. And what we have allowed God to begin on us in a place of desperation. Now we sort of act like, okay, I've got this now, Lord. (laughs) Yeah, I think I can take it from here. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for bringing me this far. And we do not allow him to continue to participate in our lives the way that he started out doing. So Ezekiel was listening. What's God saying? This time he says, ooh, this has been awesome, Lord. we got all this rattling moving, bones coming together. Now we got dead bodies. But he's listening, and now Lord says, prophesy to the breath. So what did Ezekiel do? Was it hard? No. He just said what God told him to say. He prophesied to the breath, and then there was life. And now there is the application of this whole vision that he had. And so, let's see. um, Verse 11, he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, our bones are dry. Have you said my bones are dry, my heart's dry, I feel dry? Our hope is lost. You know, lost hope is a really, really, really not fun place to be. Hope sparks something on the inside of you. Hope causes things to to come up on the inside of you that say, you know, today might sort of be a bummer and things not looking good. But there's this thing I'm moving towards that's awesome and I'm going to embrace it at some point. But when there's no hope, what you feel inside is, today my life is a bummer and this is a way my life's going to be forever. I might move from this one bum thing to another bum thing, but whatever I do, it's always a bummer. My life's always a bummer. That's the loss of hope. So he said, our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. And so the Lord said, therefore, prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, behold, all my people, I will open your graves. You say I'm dead, you say I'm dry, and God says it's no big deal (laughs) because I'm the one who gives life to the dead. So, about I mean, will all of us say that the worst thing that happened to us is that we're dead? Is there anything, like, worse? (laughs) Dead is kind of like the final thing that we all avoid in this life. We don't want to (laughs) die. We know we all will eventually, but we're not embracing it. We're not running towards it for sure. And so, um, for every single one of us, if there's those places, he's saying uh, it's not a problem I'm going to come to your graves, and I'm going to cause you to come up from your graves, and I'm going to bring you into the land of Israel. And then you'll know that I'm the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and I have brought you up from your graves. I will put my spirit in you, and you'll live. And I will place you in your own land, and you'll know that I'm the Lord, that I've spoken That I've performed it, says the Lord. So all of us, we come to places where we just, we accept. We say the bones came together. I've got skin on my bodies. It looks better than it did. But our eye has left on pressing for what God has spoken to our hearts. And, you know, the things that God has spoken to your heart no matter what it is, all of us is going to be different because none of us were created the same. Every single one of us was created for a unique and a very individual purpose. God made every single one of us. We have different little quirky things that we have. We have our own personalities. We have our own giftings. We have our own callings. Everyone's different. So your life and my life are going to look so different, but God doesn't want you saying, I can't have any more than what I have now. I'm just not that kind of person. God just doesn't have that kind of interest in me. God really doesn't care like he does about other people. I'm going to admire them. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to learn some things from them. But I'm not like that. I'm telling you, you are like that. The spirit of the Lord on the inside of you is wanting to be a daily participant in your life. For nine years of my life, after we were married, I could not have children. And from day one, I believed (laughs) that God had children for me. And yet, years into this, um, my arms were empty. There was discouragement until one day, I did a really smart thing. One day, I just looked up to the Lord, and I said, Lord, I have done everything that I know to do. I have done everything everybody has told me to do. I've been prayed for by every person that I knew to pray for me. I've stood on every scripture about this that I knew how to to stand on. And I just said, Lord, you know, if I was going to get it, I would have got it by now. And so if I'm going to get it, you're going to have to help me because I don't even know what I'm not getting. And, you know, from that point, I had never really, I was doing what I knew to do. I was doing everything I knew to do. And from that point, the Holy Spirit on the inside of me began to lead me because what was that first scripture we read? He comes to lead us, to guide us, to show us things to come. There are places that we need to go. There are things we need to produce. And yet without the leading of the Holy Spirit, we're just kind of bumping around here and there and hoping that we land on something. But from that point, the Holy Spirit on the inside of me wasn't my great ideas anymore. It was his spirit saying, do this. There were about three or four very simple things that the Lord asked me to do. Now, I'm just going to say this. One of the things that the Lord asked me to do is he gave me a set of scriptures. And in my heart, when I say the Lord gave me these scriptures, it means all of a sudden I felt very inspired. A scripture came up to me. I thought, that's an awesome scripture. I believe the Lord's speaking to me. So I wrote it down, and boom, there was another one. (gasps) Here's another scripture. I wrote it down, and I probably ended up with, you know, anywhere from six to ten scriptures. I'm not sure exactly at this point what they were. So after I'm done writing out all these scriptures, I went and I read them all very carefully, and I thought, Lord, not a single one of these scriptures And there are a lot of them in the Bible, but not a single one of these scriptures are about infertility. Do you know what every single one of those scriptures was about? It was about the faithfulness of God, how he's faithful to his promises, how God doesn't lie. He's faithful to his word to perform it. I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I do not have a problem with that. I mean, I totally (laughs) have confidence in you, but you know what? God could see something I could not see. How many of you, you know, like you would just know totally if if you had a vitamin A deficiency, would you know that? You wake up in the morning like, oh, I know that I have a vitamin A deficiency. I need to go take care of that. No, you wouldn't know that. They would do tests on you, and they would find that out. Well, God is on the inside of you, and he's like the master physician, and he knows what you need. So as I just did, whether I thought it was the right thing or not, what the Holy Spirit led me to do, it, within a year, I was pregnant and well on my way to having a child who never would have appeared, who never would have been on this earth had it not been for the leading of the Holy Spirit. Now, your life and my life are very different. There might be there might be a dream on the inside of you. Maybe it's something you thought you were going to invent. Maybe it's something uh, you thought you were going to do for the world or for your community. And it's just like, oh, it's just like a dead dream. Well, I'm telling you today, I truly believe in our lives that it's not an accident that you're here today, but that the Lord wants to participate with you on the inside of you. He wants to get together with you and lead you and guide you just like he did with Ezekiel into the fulfillment of that dream that was on the inside of you, that thing that you had on your heart, that thing that you thought, this is where I'm moving towards, and then you just got stymied. Maybe you just stood there and said, I can see men like trees. This is way better than what it was. I'm just, you know. Trees is what the Lord wanted me to see. I want us to all bow our heads. Lord, I just ask you right now, each person in here. Father, I have felt this message in my heart for months now. I know, Lord, what you've spoken in my own life. And Lord, I just pray that for everyone who is in this room, that you will just bring up to them, on the inside of them, what this valley of dead bones is on the inside of them. What is it that they've lost hope over? What, of it, what is it, Lord, that they have just pushed to the side? What is it that they've just, given, they've just given up on, thinking it will never be? Somebody else will do it. Somebody else will accomplish it, but it's not going to be me. Father, I just ask you to just bring that up on the inside of them they would see the thing that you're speaking to them about. You know, the Bible tells us that man was created in the image of God. That means that you look like God. You look like him. You are like him. His life is your life. What flows from him flows in you. The way he is is the way that you are. If there's anyone in here, if you're like, you know, I don't even know God. You can know God right now. Just say, God, I want to know you. I want to know you. Father, I pray for every heart. Every heart in here today. That no one would leave here today, Lord, without knowing you. Without having that presence of God on the inside of them I believe today Lord that dead bones are coming to life The people are moving from death to life on the inside thank you Lord Jesus thank you Lord Jesus Thank you for your life that you gave for us. That you laid your life down so that we would be able to have life, abundant life. Lord, we thank you that you don't have any bummer life scripts. Nobody got a leftover, half finished script for their life, a plan. They just had a few couple sketches, but no details. Nothing magnificent in it. Oh, but she, but she. thank you, Holy Spirit. Some of you are going to be having on the, on the inside of your heart just a simple. It might seem so simple. It might be so simple, just like Ezekiel, the Lord didn't give him anything hard to do. Jesus didn't give him any hard to do. Just laid hand on him again. The Lord's going to be speaking on the inside of you. There's going to be something so simple that you might be able to miss it, because <laughs> you'll think, <clears throat> you know, God's God, He should do. Like magnificent things. You know, maybe he wants me to climb to the top of a mountain or something like that and seek him for 42 days and not eat. It would be so simple that you might miss it, but do the simple thing that the Lord's putting in your heart today. Don't look at yourself. Don't look at yourself with eyes that don't esteem you highly. Like Janet was talking about this morning. When you were being formed in your mother's womb, you are a masterpiece. God doesn't ha- put together bad plans. <laughs> you look at the universe. You look at all of the stars. You look at nothing colliding and booming and baming. I mean, how long has this been here and the system, the universe is functioning in order? How would it be possible? That the God who designed that would design a plan for your life that was a nothing. It's unthinkable. Don't look at your own life and belittle who you are. You were created by God. He's created you for something magnificent in magnificent looks like many different things. Magnificent does not have a single definition. You look at the stars in the sky, you see what God's placed there, you see such variety. So Father, I pray in our lives today, every person who walks out of here, have a thought or an idea from your spirit, Lord, causing dead things to come to life. Lord, you are so magnificent. You are so magnificent. Lord, we are so grateful that we get to participate in life with you. If you came here today with something that felt heavy, heaviness on your heart. You wanted someone to be able to pray with you. Maybe you've got a need in your physical body or just something, you just say, Man, I just need somebody to pray with me. Got uh, the lynches over here who'd be happy to pray with you. Get in your car, go on your way home today, talk to the Lord. Don't turn on the radio. Don't turn on anything. Talk to the Lord. Listen to him. Let him lead you. And we're going to be seeing dead things come to life. We have, it's time for our offering. We have a bunch of ways to give, and there they all are. We take paper money. You can text money. You can online money. You can write checks. I think that about sums it up. But we are blessed to be able to give into the kingdom of God, to be participators with the Lord and what he does, to give to him who's given so much to us. And so is there, there's like a scripture I'm supposed to read too in there. Yeah, I'm not good at this part at all. So let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause. And let them say continually, Let the Lord be magnified, who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. That means it makes God happy (laughs) when you are blessed, when you prosper. That's what he wants to see. So, Father, I just pray over every offering that's been given in any way here today. And we just thank you, Lord, that you have blessed us. And so we're able to bless, and as we give to you, you give to us. And Lord, that that cycle never, ever stops, and that is because of your goodness. And so we thank you for it in Jesus' name.